Hello there, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, busy mom, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm a former bodybuilder, and I currently have found a love for endurance sports, but I'm not your typical athlete. I believe there are many more contributors to athletic performance and overall health, and that we as a population might be doing it wrong. You won't see me pounding goose or chicken and rice, but you will see me in the pursuit to fuel not only athletic performance, but also balance it with optimal health. This is not just a podcast for athletes. Many people that fall into the health scene get there for a reason. I found myself in suboptimal states at multiple times in my life, and it has really sparked my passion for metabolic and systemic health. I'm constantly a student of what I love, and now I hope to help others by bringing quality guests to the show to share their opinions and resources to hopefully help you formulate strategies to help you crack your health code. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I hope you have had a wonderful week. I know I have. It is my first week working part-time at my regular career and moving more towards my coaching and personal training, which is extremely exciting. So I'm off on a new journey with all that. Hopefully we'll be tapering off my full-time job into a more temporary thing. Uh, That will be wonderful because I can spend more time with my family, my kids, be there to pick them up from school and help them with all these hybrid school schedules. I know it's been pretty hectic. So today I'm excited because I have Debbie Potts coming on the show. Her and I were connected through a mutual guest on my show, and she has a very similar story to mine. She was an elite triathlete and suffered from HPA axis dysfunction and metabolic chaos after years of going pedal to the metal with endurance training. Debbie is the owner, trainer, and coach of a unique health detective coaching service called The Holistic Method, which is eight elements to guide clients to repair, rebuild, and restore their whole health back and improve vitality and balance. Debbie helps driven and ambitious people who are trying to do all the right things, investigate what is actually going on under the hood, and get their body back. Debbie shared her personal story in her book, Life is Not a Race. It is a journey and created the Holistic Method Manual and Workbook. She hosts the Low Carb Athlete Podcast to help athletes of all levels improve ability and burn fat optimize their health from the inside out, and achieve their peak performance gains. I'm so lucky to be communicating with Debbie and have her coming on my podcast. This is a great episode. I do have to apologize ahead of time. My audio quality is not perfect as it seems as though my microphone was not working well when I recorded this episode, but I still think you're going to get some pearls out of it. It sounds great. It's just got a little bit of background noise there. So, Anyhow, before we get going, make sure you stop and leave a review on iTunes. They are so important. I know I say this every time. It's kind of something that is just part of every one of my podcasts. But when you get on there and review me, it helps others find me because I don't show up in search engines or algorithms unless I have a lot of reviews. It also helps me get great guests on this podcast because that's kind of the first place that prospective guests go and look when they are looking into becoming a guest on a podcast as they go and see how well that podcast is doing. They don't want to waste their time with somebody that isn't getting out there to other people. So if you could leave me a review, it is ever so helpful in helping me get great guests on this podcast. Well, without me rambling on further, here is Debbie Potts. Welcome to the show, Debbie. I am very excited to have you on here because you and I have very similar stories, even though we are in the same athletic field. So I'm excited to have you on to tell your story. I know in case my listeners don't 
know or haven't listened to any of my episodes, um, I was a former bodybuilder. I pushed it way too hard. I fried my adrenals and it's been an adventure to try to come back from that. So uh, I definitely learned a hard lesson there as did Debbie. And so today she's going to tell her story on my podcast. Welcome. Uh -huh. Welcome, Debbie. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad we connected. It's just a miracle on social media, you know, how we can all connect with mutual friends and like-minded individuals. We, I kind of seem to find these people that are my Instagram friends, even though, you know, you never meet real life in person, at least this year, but it is just how we share common stories and similar passions and which defines our purpose and figuring out, okay, this is my why, why I'm, I'm sharing my story on your podcast and what I do in my blog and my own podcast each day is trying to help people avoid going through what I had happen, but mine started, well, showed up. It obviously probably built up over years, but in 2013, I had my internal breakdown and burnout of my body system. So it's been a long journey and a lots of lessons I've learned over that time. Yeah. And it's incredible, you know, like you and I were talking before we got the show started here about if you think a little is good, then you have a tendency to to think that more is good. And I deal with that daily with my clients. I'm sure you do too. They're like, oh, well, I did an extra three miles of cardio on the treadmill, or I trained an extra hour, or I did this. And I'm always like, whoa, hold on. No, uh -huh. <laughs> we're not doing that. And so it's it's really hard for to find the balance and find what's good for your body and to find what keeps you in a healthy place for longevity, not just the current athletic performance realm you might be in at the time. Yeah. And I say that every day. I feel like I always have to add the word longevity and, you know, athletic performance people, my podcast is low carb athlete podcast. And, you know, Brad Kearns, where we met each other through is, is that driven individual, high performing individual that's type A, or we've said triple A personality that, you know, more is better philosophy. And we don't pay attention to the red flags when we need to say, push, stop, you know, pause, button and reset and reboot. Instead, we override those feelings and emotions and red flags saying, you know, your body's telling you to when stop, you're doing too much. And we're so driven that we kind of forget, oh, that meant I need a day off, or that means go for a walk instead of another training session. So it's, you know, learning those lessons and, you know, both of us sharing that story of N equals one, but you know, fill in your blank if it's lifting weights, if it's doing Ironmans, if it's, you know, I have clients that I coach that have kids at home and someone who has a good child with autism and, you know, a spouse and other kids, it's just constant busyness and constant stress in our world that can lead people down this path of what we call an FDN as practitioners at metabolic chaos. So it's figuring out, okay, you know, let's prevent that and let's work on performance and longevity, not just what I'm doing this year, but what are you doing right now that's going to impact the future you, your future self, and how can you rearrange your schedule, or your, your philosophies, and your attitude and viewpoint in life to make your aging process even better? Absolutely, and it's so hard, especially when you have a goal, you're focused, you have your foot on the gas pedal, you're just going as hard as you can, but eventually, if you do that, you're going to crash. And it's a scary thing, right? Because people don't think of that. They're just thinking about the goal and the time. They're not thinking of beyond the goal. And that's when things tend to get a little chaotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, my story, I wrote a book, Life is Not a Race. And I wrote that a few years ago because I needed to process like what happened to me in about February, March 2013. I came off the most amazing race season doing Ironmans, Ironman Hawaii and Ironman Canada. And I did 70.3 worlds and I did marathons that year and 50 K trail run. And cause that was recovery, you know, doing a marathon after you've done Ironman. It's like, what the heck, you know, might as well do a 50 K run and might as well do a marathon. Cause it's my off season. <laughs> and I think it's, it's figuring out, okay, that was 2012. And then suddenly February, I did a race. I'm like, God, my heart rate's higher. Heart rate variability was kind of getting screwy. And then I was super slow trying to keep my heart rate down. And then March, I just 
only thing I really remember and I write about my book is that I went for a bike ride and I'm usually a strong cyclist and that's my best of my three sports and triathlon is cycling and I had no energy. I like, I start crying. I just have this total meltdown and I, I had to tell my husband and our friend that we're biking with like, I, I was just bawling. <laughs> like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't pedal and I got to get home. And I, you know, took the flat way home and just tried to find it back. But that was just this changing moment for me. It's like something is definitely off in my body. Why did I go from this top age group athlete to feeling like a slug? And then I gained 30 pounds and it just felt like overnight. I'm like, okay, I just went from being lean, strong, athletic body aerobic machine and suddenly I didn't change anything of what I was eating or exercising, you know, dropped down. But I'm like, why am I losing muscle and gaining fat weight just instantly? And it was really depressing. So then you're depressed because you're fat because you know you're an athlete. You're like, you know, you want to feel lean and strong and and feel healthy. And then, you know, you're not healthy on the inside. There's total domino fat of one thing's broken and everything is connected. So you have just everything goes <laughs> crazy and haywire in your body systems. And you know, that's funny. You said you instantly gained like 30 pounds because that was the same scenario for me. I literally gained 40 pounds in like a month and it was crazy. And I was like, what is going on here? Because I wasn't eating crazy. I was exercising. I was doing all of the right things, but it wasn't getting me anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I say in, in your, you know, you give your elevator speech to find your coaching client. And my avatar to cl client is people similar to me, ambitious, high-performing, driven individuals that are doing all the right things, but still struggle to see any results. They still can't lose weight. They still have really poor recovery. Athletic gains are minimal and they're just wondering what the heck's going on. And having all these weird unexplained symptoms. And that's kind of led me down the road the last eight years, become a nutritional therapy practitioner. I became a FDN practitioner, a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner this past December, as well as a Ben Greenfield's Keon coaching program and check holistic lifestyle coach. So I just like, you know, finish. I've always been interested in, in nutrition and health coaching since college and been personal training and health and triathlon coaching since forever 25 years so it's just to my own journey led me down this road to be a practitioner to help other people because no one could help me and I was doing all the right things doing low carb fasting and all that stuff before it was even popular I was doing fasted bike rides and I was metabolically efficient and working on all this stuff, but I still got broken. So, and I, you feel like, like everyone's looking at you, right? You're like, okay, you know, people probably think I'm sitting on the sofa eating ice cream, watching hours of TV when I, I just wanted to say, Hey, you know, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything wrong. I just gained weight. I don't, I didn't eat too much. And so that's what I felt like. I just hold a sign up walking around. I was embarrassed for what I look like. And most people didn't really notice it because I'm tall, so I could spread it out, but I knew my face and everywhere was just a chunk of fat that I wasn't used to, and it was just different, but you do feel like, okay, I need to tell the world <laughs> something's wrong with me, but then people, what do they say? You need antidepressants, you need something that you go see a doctor, and they say nothing's wrong with you, and so that led me down when I explained in my book is that I saw eight, nine different practitioners doctors, specialists, trying to figure out what was wrong and like, nothing's wrong with you. You just need depressants or you're just getting older. And acupuncturist told me, I wanted to say, mm, yeah, I'll tell you <laughs> what I really think. So yeah, it's, it's figuring out what is actually wrong. And that's why I became an FDN practitioner, a nutritional therapist. So when you started to have these symptoms and these signs, where did you start? Like, what did you do in order to discover what was actually going on and then start to fix it? Well, ironically, it was that February we had, uh, I was, Ben Greenfield had a, a program for coach, just called Superhuman Coach Program back in 2011. And in 2013, in February, we had the one and only Superhuman Coach Conference Ben put on in Spokane. And we had it 
over weekend and it was before everyone was so popular like Dave Asprey was speaking and Jimmy Moore was there and um, oh gosh a whole bunch of other people that were just top and so what I was learning through superhuman coach program about heart rate variability and we're talking about adrenal fatigue adrenal exhaustion which is technically now HPA access dysfunction dysregulation not adrenals by itself but the hypothalamus and pituitary gland get off and so I was learning all this and I started to pay attention to myself like okay that's me <laughs> that's what's going on and then I, I was a personal trainer in Todd Durkin's mastermind group and we had a retreat and I have a whole chapter on this on, in the book, but it's just, I had um, a girl in our group happened to be working with Dr. Kalish and long story, it's a whole chapter in my book of drinking alcohol. And then I was totally sick and threw up and was sick for a week. And I knew something was off because that was really odd that I couldn't handle any alcohol and and so I knew something was wrong with my liver detoxification system and something was off my body, but she happened to be needing a case study. And so that's kind of got me hooked up with Dr. Kalish's program. And I listened to podcasts like Sean Croxton back in the day. He's like one of the first and talking about all this stuff. So I was realizing, okay, this is what I'm experiencing, but trying to find a doctor or naturopath to help me locally in Seattle was, you know, really difficult because you see naturopaths, and this is another reason I came an FDM practitioner, is that they'll just give you labs and give you the results and give you supplements for that. And as FDM practitioners, one of the things I love about it is that we don't treat the lab results, we treat the person. So even when you're doing same functional labs, we put the missing pieces of the puzzle together by looking at three to five labs and then look at the person, look at their intake forms, I use nutritional therapy forms, and figure out what's actually going on based on all this, all these clues we collect. But for years, everyone would just like give you lab, give you supplements. And I learned it's, you know, I always say this now is that you can't out supplement poor lifestyle habits. So it was really my problem. I was blaming everybody else that, okay, no one could help me, but who do you have to help? Who's making the choice of when to go to bed? Who's making the choice of should it work out or not work out? What, how much, like I was fasting too much and I was doing the opposite, doing too low carbs. I was doing too much fasting fasted workouts and really doing way too much bulletproof coffee back in the day. And I would just be living off that. So I was doing everything too extreme and not finding my own Goldilocks effect of that right amount for me to be healthy and being so obsessed about it. And that's what I think a lot of us type A, triple A athletes do is like, all right, I'm getting all this info from a podcast or what's hot on social media and then you do it and then you're like, oh, that was, works great. Well, more is better as you were saying before. So anyways, there's just so much that you really learn and realize, okay, I need to start figuring this out because years later, you know, eight years, I've been in like up two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back and really realizing it was my reaction to life not just my exercise it was you know running my own fitness studio for 10 years was my main thing it, it that was a non-stop stress for me and financial stress thank god i closed it last year before covid stuff began but i had you know rent was almost eight thousand dollars a month i was you know always trying to fight building a business in a, a growing market and so you have to work with identifying your own external stressors. Your overtraining is one part of it, but you know, having a child, you know, having family, having financial stressors, having constant, you know, family issues. And so it's, it's that accumulation of stressors that become nonstop chronic overload or beaker of stress. And so you're just overloading what your hypothalamus can interpret and you just kind of break down the whole HPA axis system. And then you have the hidden internal stressors that we have no idea about unless we do functional lab testing. So, I mean, it's, it's looking at that whole picture for someone to really figure out how to heal, rebuild and restore you back to the optimal you. Which is so complicated, right? Because these things all hold hands with each other. You have stress that affects digestion and then you have digestion that affects all everything else in your body, your hormones, you know, everything. 
And um, so it's a very hard thing when you start tackling it to narrow it down. And, and that's like what you were saying is for all of us, it's just kind of this big experiment finding what works, what we can fix, what affects what. And it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to find. Yeah, but that's why I do what I do now. In fix COVID, I'm not able to personal train clients. I moved from Seattle to North San Diego in the mountains near the ocean. And I can now focus on just health coaching people with what I call the holistic method, that I do all that. I coach them on nutrition and exercise. I take their lab work, figure out what protocol they need, what supplements they need to rebuild themselves for 90 days. And we work on stress reduction. We work on monitoring their exercise, how much is too much and too little and, and listening to their body, working on sleep, you know, it's everyone's got sleep issues. And that's the biggest part of really recovering, repairing and your immune system is a big part of that sleep cycle. So, you know, it's, it's finally, you know, feel like that, you, you know, we talk about purpose and passion. And that's what I feel like all this happened to me, you know, you go like, why did this happen to me? Well, you're sharing your story and doing a podcast and helping others. And that's what I'm doing, you know, share your story because other people will come to you that relate. So you're attracting those like-minded individuals that are struggling and no one could help me. So that's why I'm taking all that information and make it into one coaching package and just offering one service. Here's what I do. And that's kind of the gift that we get from these experiences is look at the positive in them. And instead of going, Oh God, you know, I haven't been able to race Ironman since 2012. I haven't been around a marathon or, you know, I haven't had the same body. And so it's like, all right, but what's a positive from that? That led me down this whole new journey of becoming a practitioner and to help other people that I'm passionate about getting them the right answers and figuring out their metabolic chaos, their mysteries of what's going on. I love that so much. It's so funny. Like oftentimes your struggles become your strengths. I know that there's yeah. so many things I get more and more into. And it's like, I, I, I found this amazing way to heal my body and help myself. And then I turned around and, and when I got healthy, I drove myself into an unhealthy place again, because I was doing so great that I thought maybe I should be greater and push it even yeah. harder and do all mm -hmm. these crazy things. But also with you, I mean, you, you competed in Ironman, you were an elite athlete. And once I know you can definitely relate with me here. Once you stop competing, everybody wonders why they ask you constantly when you're going to do it again. And then you <laughs> almost, every day. Yeah. You have this identity crisis, right? Yeah. You're like, Oh my gosh, I need to do this. You, you feel like you yeah. need to do something you, you have, it's just a really hard thing, especially as a a trainer and a fitness professional to be struggling and you want to hide that because you don't want other people to see that you're having struggles. You want everyone to think, Hey, this is me. I'm a trainer. I do this and that. Yeah. And so it's a very hard thing, but I think people like you and I getting things out there being like, listen, yeah, I'm having a problem right now and I'm going to learn how to fix it. Yeah. Is a great yeah. thing. And that's why coaches need coaches too. You know, we all need someone to confide in and help course correct as needed and go okay this is what's actually going on i need someone to help me not go back and and overtrain again or go dig myself back into that hole that i just started climbing out of but then i just fell back down and that you can get back up but it, it's not to struggle alone it's finding the right match of a coach for you that's going to bring you back to your optimal self and be the best version of yourself and live your best life but i think it's it's so individualized and yeah, everyone every day would always ask me, when's your next race? And that's what I was known at for, you know, I started 2001 doing my first 2000, doing my first marathon and I started doing dance and travel and stuff way back in 1995. I feel so old, but I, you know, that's all I did is tell I, you know, 2013 when my body fell apart, I tried racing again, 14, 2015. And then, we started going to Europe instead. <laughs> so now it's like, when's your next vacation before COVID hit? But it was, that's what changed. Everyone knew me. My identity was Debbie, the athlete, the 
go, 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 always doing some race. And I wouldn't go visit a friend or something. They'd say, oh, there's a marathon. Will you come visit me because there's a race the same weekend? You know, so I got to be so bad that people knew I wouldn't, you know, they'd get me to come visit or travel if it was a race. So I did have to eventually change when we started to realize, oh, we can go to Europe for a week or two and spend less amount than I would go in for an Ironman race or go in Ironman in Hawaii every year that it started to be exciting. My husband started traveling for work. I'm like, oh, I can go with you instead of like, oh, I can't go anywhere because I need to bike five, six hours a Saturday. And my training was number one. And so it did, my identity did change to where are you going to go? When's your next vacation? Because we'd started going all these different places. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. You just said that you're like, um, I needed to train this many hours or so funny thing is I was training for a 120 mile bicycle race this summer. And we were like, okay, I planned all of our camping trips around where there was pavement so that uh -huh. I could get my training sessions in and not miss them. So even my husband knew, he's like, oh, well, we can't go here because there's not any pavement. So you won't be able to train. <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous, but it's funny yeah. how you start manipulating everything, which is also a stressor, right? If you think mm -hmm. about it, you're manipulating your whole life to fit this one fit in this one goal or this one box. And so yeah. uh, I appreciate that you said that. Yeah. So let's dive into the holistic method a little bit then and talk about that. I know you have a lot of things to kind of help prevent burnout and, and help with overall longevity. And so are there some things that my listeners can do that if they are athletes that help them kind of maintain a parasympathetic state post-training, things mm -hmm. like that? You know, there's a lot of that is going on right now in, in, in online summits. There's one on just the whole vagal tone itself. Uh, Jody Cohen's doing this great, this week actually, parasympathetic summit. And you know what it comes down to, simple free takeaways I get from different seminars is breathing. <laughs> you know, intermittent fasting, not too much, not, you know, I think too long is too much for people, but letting your body rest and recover and repair. 12 hours, 16 hours overnight, and nasal breathing. You know, taking some breathing exercises is just, when you feel that anxiety and you feel like, you know, you're just, I can feel it now. I'm more aware of when I feel like cortisol is just like bursting through my head. That is just that hit the reset button. And I just take people, take three. And I do this before you eat too. Just stop. And that's a whole nother thing. Eating when you're sitting and focusing on what you're eating and chewing, not multitasking is a huge thing. And work on just, you know, just take a deep breath in and longer exhale. And just taking three breaths, you just feel this, you know, total chill. And that's been big for myself and my husband will do that before we breathe, before we eat our meal, because it's, you kind of feel rushing, trying to get to eat and then you're like, I got to get going. And it's always this constant reminder when you're eating, it's a parasympathetic state. Rest and digest is your parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight and how to get your body to parasympathetic, especially when you're eating or when you're trying to sleep, you got to shut it down. And that's a big thing. The holistic method is eight elements and there's always more to add in there, but it's nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, movement, which is, I think, important part because athletes a lot of time work out and then they sit on their rand all day working. And then digestion and gut health, hydration, because I think we tend to drink way too much coffee and <laughs> forget about water a lot of times. And then happiness is my big thing right now. I keep trying to share on Instagram. It's just positive quotes, positive energy, positive vibes, writing in a gratitude journal, writing down three things you're thankful for that day. What are the positives? Because I think when we get busy and you feel stressed and the negativity of the world right now, I'd shut, you know, I can't watch the news. And I stopped, I think more so in like April, for sure when we moved in June, we'd watch BBC, but local news, even we had it on last night to get the update. I'm like, this is why I can't watch the news. I get so angry and frustrated, this stupid lockdown, like, okay, it makes no sense. Give me scientific data, all these numbers, all this stuff. So I just get all fired up. So I know what my red flags are when I need to breathe, you know, 
And we also have been doing yin yoga, a new thing I started since not being able to go to the gym in March is free videos on YouTube. And then I ended up signing up for this Travis Elliott inner dimension yoga, and they have all these different yogas on it. So we've been doing this sleepy time yoga or yin yoga is really easy to do at nighttime. It's just holding some poses and it really helps you sleep better because it shifts you in that parasympathetic state. So you're holding these yoga poses, stretches for two to three minutes and you're just breathing. So doing that nasal breathing, helping relax. So that's my big thing. And walking, you know, getting out for a morning walk. I have a, you know, grateful for where I live now. I can watch the sunrise and the sunset from our house and getting outside in nature. I think all those are great free things that we can all do more of and getting that fresh air is huge. I love that. I know in the winter time around here, I find that my mood completely changes when I'm locked up indoors. We get lots of snow. It's super cold out and I feel like I'm just kind of trapped, you know? So I know that's one thing that I, I really appreciate, appreciate about the area I live in is the fact that I can go out in the mornings and enjoy fresh air and get sun sunshine and all that stuff. There's a reason that the sun is, is assimilated with being happy, right? Because it's mm -hmm. good for you. So um, I love all of that. Yeah, I think getting out, especially when people are working from home, you know, it's my clients, but I know when I, we were working in March when all this happened and staying at home working and not having to commute an hour to work each day. I said, isn't that a positive? You don't have to drive and sit in traffic. But then the negative was being at home was hard for people all day. And, and waking up and going to your office was like crawling out of bed, shower, going next door to your, wherever your office is in your house. But I said, just, I don't care if you walk out to your pet front door and turn around, come back in. I just want you to leave your house, walk and come back in, you know, just get outside. Because I think mentally being at home all day is just a horrible feeling. You feel that like claustrophobic feeling. So I think you have to go outside. So I started thinking back in March, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is not a, a signal to eat. It's a signal to move and get outside. And I thought that was a great way to think, okay, when it's noon, that doesn't mean eat. It means move outside. When it's sun setting, when it's getting darker out or about to set, get outside dinner time and do that. And just getting self-care, I think is so essential to everyone. It's not just athletes, but I think, you know, making yourself a priority in that old saying, putting the oxygen mask on first is so essential. And I think for our health and for athletic performance and longevity is just the key part of doing those things for yourself and not feeling guilty that you're taking that time out for you. Absolutely. I say that a lot with my parents and, and people that, especially because as moms, you get mom guilt, right? You're like, Oh, I, I went and did this and I should have been hanging out with my kids or who knows what, yeah. and, but you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of everybody else. Well, so mm -hmm. that's a, that's a huge thing I think for people. Um, so yeah. And I, and I know as of late I have been, I was reading some of your stuff and I was, I've been programming, foam rolling and stretching into all of my clients programs at the ends of their workouts to try to get their body to just chill out because you know we're in this rat race constantly where we're like rushing from place to place we go to the gym and then we get in the shower and then we rush to work yeah. I think we need those extra few seconds to just calm down and kind of switch gears before we move on to the next portion of our day yeah totally I did that this summer we would we're staying in this Airbnb with this amazing cycling. So we went biking. We we're there pretty much July and August and it's North Escondido near Temecula. These mountains uh, were just at, like Tuscany. It was just there. We're going there actually this Saturday, but we would ride and then we'd come back and then we rush because we had to go do something. And so I started this thing like, okay, we need a, a five minute pause and reset you know, just reset, reboot, we lie down on the bed and just read it. Because we, you know, even on a Saturday, we'd be rushing. And I used to go to master swimming seven in the morning, 830, come home, I'd bike at nine. And I'd like be so stressed out because I hate being late. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd be like, go, 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 gotta get ready, get on bike. And I'd be anxious. And I'd be, you know, short tempered. And, and it was like, okay, I'm going for a bike ride. Now I don't, you know, it's different now. I don't schedule a certain time to go. We just kind of, I don't meet people to ride. We just go when we're ready to go. But it's amazing that mentality. We just 
getting going, like your life is a race is what I call my book for. Cause we'd wake up in the morning and it wouldn't stop until you go to bed at night. It was just go, go, go. And now I know when I just need a timeout, you know, just what you give to your kids, give yourself a timeout, stop and breathe and just lie down on the floor after you work out or just be chill. And it's so amazing how you feel in just a few minutes. You don't have to take a long time, but you know, foam roller, I, I started pulling out that, I found the stick that I have, you know, you do the stick roller stick. I've been doing that at night. And a good little tip, I'm reading this book, Joel Green, about the immune code, wait, immune code, immunity. And it's just two to three minutes, do downward dog, kind of a, a child pose, kind of sun salutation flow before bed. You know, it takes one or two minutes to do you know, two and then work towards four sun salutations. And so just different things that we need to do to take ownership of our health and our well-being, not just your athletic performance and longevity are so simple. Absolutely. Make it a habit. Absolutely. I love that. So what are some other things, especially for us type A people that we can do to kind of reduce stress and keep ourselves in a, in a more flow state? Yeah, well, I think just I, what I had to do is rearrange my schedule so I wasn't so tight. So instead of going, you know, next activity A to B to C, that I would have a little break in between each thing. Not, and again, like I just said, I, I don't like being late. So that would be a stress. So I panic if I'm late. So now I know, okay, don't plan something when you're out of master swimming at 1 p.m. Don't plan something for 1.30 because I would do that. I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to get out of the pool, walk without talking to anybody, to the locker room, shower when you're allowed to shower at the pool, and get ready and be somewhere at 1.30? Because I would just panic mode, right? You're just like, I'm just alerting my emergency response system. I'm running from that lion all day long. So secret was just to give them a little more buffer window. Okay, if I'm done at one, I'm not scheduling things till two. And if I have a booked appointment day with meetings and coaching sessions with people, I just have to give bigger window in between things that has nothing. And even yesterday I had a full day and then I you know, got done and I'm like, crap, I've got the laundry to do. I got to take the garbage out. And then I had to um, finish dishes and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and chill out for a moment and then I'm going to get up and do all this stuff because I went from packed busy work day from you know working out in the morning right home from trail running we went 9 a.m I was done at 5 30 p.m and I was like I could feel it so you just have to learn how to pay attention to what your body's saying is it's a long process it's not so easy for us so we're learn how to relax when your body says I'm like wound up so I knew yesterday last night was a good example I just sat down okay I'm gonna chill out here then I'm gonna do all those chores because I mean I wouldn't get done I would just be going nonstop till I went to bed and the other thing I would add in is that going to bed because it's a priority for me and my health that was a big thing when you have adrenal fatigue it's air quotes around that if there's not a video but there's you know, alert of when you're waking up at two in the morning is a big, huge sign. And I had this a few weeks ago because I had a lot of stress with argument with somebody that I was waking up at two in the morning. I'm like, crap, it's happening again. I, I knew what to do. And it was, you know, taking some lemon balm, sleepy time, herbal tea before bed and, and learning how to shut off your mind. But it was a week that I was doing that 2 a.m. wake up call. So if you have that happen, you can get the tools how to reset and reboot yourself so it doesn't get to be a month long process and, and how to shift that. So doing that vagal tone, like there's parasympathetic oils, that vibrant blue oils cell that you put up behind your ear lighting candle, writing my gratitude journal before bed. So if I'm going to bed at eight, I go to bed at like at eight. <laughs> I get up at five. Five. Okay, good. <laughs> like, uh, and especially now the sun sets so early. It's so funny because it's like, all right, it's five o'clock. It's totally pitch black outside. And I feel like I should be getting ready for bed. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I, I allow, and I've been t telling my clients is that like, give yourself, if you're to be in bed at say 9 p.m., you should be winding down and getting organized at 7 p.m. So to me, it takes me like two hours to get ready. You know, 
I allow time to read my book in bed, run my journal. I've been trying to do Spanish, Duolingo. So I've been trying to do that in the evening or in the morning to keep my streak live because you have to do it every day. And then I, you know, leave a big chunk of time so I can have that sleep hygiene routine because that's essential to having a good night's sleep, to feeling good the next day, to have a good workout the next day, to make good healthy choices. It's all about sleep. How can I improve the quality of sleep? I think every part of your life will be improved if you make that the essential part of your day to key sleep. Absolutely. I agree with that. I have my phone actually set to basically shut down at 6 p.m. every single yeah. day because I find that if I'm looking at my phone at all after that time, I sleep like crap. Yep. And I, it's like it turns my brain on and I can't stop thinking about things. And then the yep. next thing you know, I'm not sleeping well. So uh, okay. it's a really interesting thing. Now, can we rewind a little bit? You were saying you wake up at two o'clock in the morning. What is your your input on that because I know so many people where that happens. So what is, why does that happen? That's a major red flag of HPA axis dysfunction. So your cortisol and melatonin, the Dutch hormone test is a, a test that I would do on that to see what your hormone cycle is doing in a 24 hour window. Your cortisol should be low at night and melatonin up. When you wake up, your melatonin should go down and your cortisol should be at the highest. In the middle of the night, there's different reasons. It could be, you know, around 2 to 3 in Chinese medicine, 2 a.m. to 3, p 3 a.m. is liver time in Chinese medicine. It, you, I found earlier this year, I wrote a blog about it, the liver, the Chinese medicine body clock is kind of cool. Uh, each organ has a function and it's more active at different times of the day. Uh, and then... Your circadian clock that who wrote that book about your organs but adrenal wise you'll have if your cortisol is elevated it could be blood sugar elevated it could be parasites it could be different reasons but if you have that wake-up call at 2 a.m ish it could be you know different things so it, if your hormones such your cortisol could be higher than it should be and causing you to wake up but usually it's the cortisol activates glucose and glucose is up higher. So you want to, I like doing the cortisol or cortisol glucose monitor. I did Nutrisense for a couple of weeks and I would love, oh, you have it on. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm wearing awesome. one. I keep a really close eye on it because that's the other thing, right? Um, I had my, my, I had my blood sugar perfect and I was, it was like picture perfect all the time. And I, the last couple of weeks have been under a lot of stress. And I started noticing at about three o'clock in the morning, I would go into mm -hmm. my hypoglycemic, I would go into, into the forties and then cortisol goes high, brings your, your wake up, your blood sugar com comes mm -hmm. back up again. But I was like, Oh boy, I know I have too much stress right now because I yeah. see what's happening with my blood sugar. It's getting crazy. <laughs> yeah. And some people say I have a little bit of carbohydrate at nighttime to help that blood sugar stays stable if it tends to go high and drop down. Uh, you know, I think a lot of benefits of lab testing, doing a GI map or the Biome FX and looking at what's going on. If you have parasites are more active at nighttime, I was trying to look into that. There's not a lot of research on it, but I was fascinated with the NutriSense on myself, any continuous glucose monitor, what happened in the evenings, but also women's menstrual cycles. There's a lot of people mentioning that in the group Facebook page that they have. And so I, no one's really dabbled in that. It's like, all right, if you have elevated blood glucose levels while you're sleeping, why is that? Is that when, you know, there's more activity of parasites that you have in your body or is it, you know, your glucose is higher because of stress. And so it's so that that's why I love doing that because it's a great, you know, if you could do aura ring and the continuous glucose monitor and really track what's going on and, and look at what your body's doing 24 hours a day, it gives you so much biofeedback of what areas you can tweak and then experiment. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, like I started tracking berberine before bed and taking some ketones and this Joel Green book I'm reading, he has some different things, kind of biohacks you can do to help your body blood sugar stay stable and, and how to optimize your liver detoxification while you're sleeping and, and all these different things, your immune system. 
we really want that housekeeping service to come at nighttime and work while we're sleeping. It's like the tooth fairy come in and while they're sleeping, I was thinking the housekeeping service, if you're not asleep in a deep sleep, we're not going to have this kind of house cleaning service. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's why I think it's figuring out, all right, you know, it's, I had stressful time. Here's what I can do. I know this works for me. If, you know, I stop eating three hours before bed or two hours, cause I know I don't sleep well. I don't drink alcohol. I'll just have, you know, Friday, Saturday night, I might have a vodka soda is my drink, but I know I can't have certain things. I know a lot of people have said that they are, their sleep is horrible and their aura ring and their glucose levels. If on a continuous glucose monitor, if they have alcohol, if you eat too late, I have a client I'm helping that has family stress going on. And so it's interesting how that at nighttime, oh, I had a phone call with my brother before bed and how that totally interrupted her whole sleep and her glucose. So it's a good self-experiment, but just shows you what I keep saying, chronic stress impacts the whole you. And what you can do is, is really optimize your sleep, figure out what I can do, not reading your phone, emails, text messages, you know, mm -hmm. seven o'clock, six o'clock, you know, set boundaries. And I think there's so many things that are free that we can implement into our lifestyles to create that good sleep hygiene routine so we don't have that 2 a.m. wake-up call mm -hmm. and how to work on stress like journaling you know going for walks clearing my head on my bike rides and and getting you know some play and laughter is what I think people don't do enough they're so especially when you start to get more adrenal fatigue-ish that you I found myself getting so irritable, short-tempered, impatient, and, you know, just needed to loosen up. I'm like, what the mm -hmm. heck? I'm just so uptight. Now it's like complete opposite. And, mm -hmm. and I had to learn that. And moving this year, actually, thanks to COVID, I'm working, coaching people full-time online. I, I can, you know, was able to move. And, and now it's like, all right, I don't have to get up and go to gym because I don't have a gym. <laughs> My gym's doing yoga at home now. I'm waiting for the sun to rise to go out for a run or a bike ride. And it's so funny to me thinking I thought it was slowing down the last eight years. But until COVID hit, I didn't know what slowing down was about. It's like you're stuck at home. Like, well, oh, my God, this is total lame-o sitting mm -hmm. around in bed thinking, okay, I'm waiting patiently for the sun to come up so I can go outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this new life, but there's gifts and everything, right? He's like, mm -hmm. what is this gift I've been given that this is what slowing down is like, I'm not being lazy, but it sure feels like laziness sitting in bed for half an hour. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. And I, I love that you talk about the, the stress and breathing too, because it's, isn't it funny when you do get angry or upset or mad or you're like, you can't, if you're mad at someone as a prime example and you're, or you're mad at somebody driving or whatever it is, you're like, <laughs> you, yeah. you get that like hyper feeling. And so that's when you know that you need to reel it in and take some deep breaths and, and, you know, get back into that parasympathetic state. I think so. that's the biggest thing though. If you want one tip to take away from the show today is just breathe. And there's a whole book I haven't read, but James Nestor, the book on breathing is on my to read list. Everyone always tells me to read, but I'm like, okay, breathe through my nose, longer exhales, and you just feel this mm -hmm. release. And when you're driving or you can feel your shoulders are up to your ears. And when you just feel this tension building up, that's when you know to just stop, let it go. What's not serving you, let it go. I love that. Well, I know that you have clients to get to today and uh, we are kind of nearing the end of our show here, but if there was anything you wanted to share with anybody and get it out in the world, what would it be besides breathing? <laughs> we kind of covered that one already, but maybe it is the number one. I just think to take your health and your well-being into your own hands, it's a choice. And I think athletes forget about the rest of it. We tend to be that driven athletic performance. We want to get the athletic performance gains, but we forget about the rest of being healthy and looking at athletic performance, but longevity and making sure you're fit and healthy on the inside and now is really essential. And I've been trying to do more podcasts myself, sharing my own lab test 
Okay, I just found out I have mold toxicity and that could have been for eight years or more. And I would have never known that was a contributor to my internal stressors. My gut dysbiosis, hormones are totally in the tank and all these different things. So I think, you know, finding a practitioner to help go, okay, am I, I'm working out, is it serving me justice? Am I breaking myself down and decreasing my, let's see, making my aging process worse or am I improving it? And I, as I get older, it's all about, I want to keep doing this stuff as I get older and live a good, healthy life. And I think what you're doing right now, is that serving me purpose for my future self? I love that. Well, if my listeners want to come find you, how do they do it? Easy, debbiepotts.net. And I'm the low carb athlete on Instagram and Facebook. So usually more Instagram and share to Facebook. I don't know how people do all the <laughs> different things. It's too much for me. So I've learned stress, less is more. And more is not better. Find that right amount for you. And that's me just doing one thing, Instagram and a little bit on Facebook. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Debbie. And I appreciate your time so much. Yeah. We'll have you on my show next to share your story because it's very inspirational as well. I love that. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Thanks. Well, guys, that concludes my episode with Debbie. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before we jump off here, make sure you pop on over to my website at ConnieNightingale.com. You will find my eight-week challenge there available for purchase. I also have recipe packs that are wonderful and they have my fitness barcodes on them so that you can scan your food into my fitness pal if you're a macro tracker. If not, they're just wonderful what recipes that the whole family will love and that can make it easier for you to cook and prep your food. So pop on over to my website there. I have a free booster pack for uh, immune boosting recipes. And yeah, pop on over, check it out. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next Monday.